0: Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi of draftanalyst.com, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline, as we have three days of Senior Bowl practices in the books now, We've gone over five podcasts already to discuss what happened on day one, day two, and day three. Now we're going to recap the entire thing. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball here. And, Tony, how's it feel with another senior bowl in the books?
1: Well, I guess uh, it's a relief that it's over. We've got some uh, good notes. We saw some good, saw some bad. If you followed us on draftanalyst.com, you also got a lot of buzz that was uh, not spoken about openly. Situations on uh, what's happening in front offices. Players at the Combine, players that didn't make an appearance, which really upset scouts. But now it's time to review how we saw the players on the field, and we're going to start off with the quarterbacks. And as far as I'm concerned, the two big winners at quarterback were Daniel Jones and Jared Stidham. Jones really had two fine days of practices on Tuesday and Wednesday, kind of took a step back on Thursday. I had said all along that if he had a huge week a la Carson Wentz, a la Phillip Rivers, He could move into the top 12 of the draft. I don't think he's done that. I do think he's enhanced his draft stock and probably moved from a guy who's a bottom third of round one prospect who will get consideration in the middle of round one from either a team in the middle of the first frame who needs a quarterback or a team that's willing to trade up or maybe even trade down out of the top 10 to get a quarterback. But, you know, he definitely has an upside. He showed some good things. He showed some great accuracy, some great anticipation the most part stayed away from the mistakes so I was very impressed with uh, Daniel Jones I was also impressed with Jarrett Stidham and here's a guy again I mentioned prior to the senior bowl had a big opportunity and he really grasped it showed great accuracy his arm strength was terrific a couple times when you thought that the uh, defensive backs had a break on the ball they, didn't, they weren't able to break up the pass because of the velocity and, and his ability to get it to the the receiver or pass catcher immediately was able to get the ball through the tight windows we saw a lot of that on Thursday where he took some chances and because of his arm strength he was able to basically thread the needle he did it accurately as well so overall I thought it was a good week for uh, Jared Stidham I thought Gardner Minshew helped himself doesn't have the great physical skills but his timing and his anticipation was right on the money I thought Ryan Finley struggled he had to come here and show a big strong arm he did not I thought Tyree Jackson struggled, was all over the place with his accuracy. And I think, like scouts, uh, Drew Locke did not really have a good week. He's got the physical skills, but you wonder what he's doing sometimes. You wonder where his passes are going. You wonder uh, what he's thinking. Overall, I think Drew Locke comes out of the senior well week with draft grades that are worse than when he entered. Yeah, it's hard to disagree
0: with you on a lot of that. The main guy that did impress me and help his stock was Jared Stidham. He showed the ability to push the ball to the sidelines. He showed the ability to push the ball downfield. Overall, the QB position was full of inconsistent performances, but I would say Stidham is the one guy that played very similarly from day one to day two to day three. Daniel Jones had a good day one and day two. As you said, dropped off today. Really didn't know where the ball was going a lot of times. Sailed passes out of bounds. Still a solid week for Jones, but you wanted to see him do it that third day. You also wanted to see consistency coming in from guys like Drew Locke, from guys like Will Greer, and we really didn't get that. Will Greer was a bit up and down, didn't necessarily hurt himself too badly, definitely didn't help himself as well. Trace McSorley, hard to say that he hurt himself because he wasn't necessarily a guy whom many analysts predicted, many scouts predicted that was going to be anything more than a late third-day pick or an undrafted free agent. All he did was confirm that. Tyree Jackson, on the other hand, he's a developmental Day 3 guy, and he looked the part of that this week. The other guy that really rose his stock, in my opinion, and I agree with you on this one, Tony, is Gardner Minshew. Really showed that he can be a good backup at the NFL level. Again, not going to wow you with arm strength, not going to wow you with athleticism. He's not particularly big, but timing, anticipation accuracy, throwing the ball away from defenders, leading receivers into yards after catch. He did a really nice job of that. So overall, I was most impressed with Stidman Minshew, all things considered relative to their draft stock. Now we'll move along to the running back position, which tends to be a little bit weaker at the senior bowl most of the time, because anytime you have an elite running back prospect, they tend to leave school early. They want to limit the tread on their tires. Most of them don't stay their entire senior season's. Miles Gaskin was the one guy that was intriguing as a potential day two pick, but he pulled out of the game late. So we had several intriguing performances regardless of guys who were going to go on the third day. My two favorites were Karan Higdon out of Michigan and Tony Pollard out of Memphis. Pollard is a smaller guy. He's not going to really threaten between the tackles, but he did show nice bursts through the hole, showed the ability to catch passes and go around the outside, make plays in space. They used him as a returner as well, so that's a strength of his. Karan Higdon was probably the most well-rounded Running back at the event, now he's a little bit smaller, just over 200 pounds, but he showed the ability to push on the inside. He showed the ability to burst. He showed nice jump cut ability and quickness, was able to catch passes with solid and pass protection as well. So Karan Higdon came out of this a winner for me, as did Tony Pollard. Unfortunately, a guy like Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State left injured. He was replaced by Darren Hall from Pittsburgh. Dexter Williams is a guy that a lot of people like. I wasn't a huge fan of what he did. He's more of a downhill, one-cut type of runner. He's not quick laterally, not a great receiver out of the backfield either, but he's a guy that will intrigue some teams on day three. Reichwell Armstead, on the other hand, is a guy who stayed on the field, which has always been tough for him in his college career at Temple, showed the ability to catch some passes, showed quickness in his route breaks, He was a guy who may not have won this week, but he didn't lose. He kind of held steady with his draft status, and in the end, as long as he doesn't get hurt and as long as he enters the draft healthy, he's going to intrigue some teams on day three. Tony, what would you think?
1: Yeah, well, I will will agree with you with Tony Pollard and Karan Hignan. I did like Hignan's interior quickness and the ability to set up defenders and make a miss or juke around them. They really didn't run, run the perimeter much and I wanted to see if Higgins can do that because if you watch the Kyle trail, you watch him here during the week, primarily used during uh, between the tackles. And a guy that's 5'9", 203 pounds has got to show the ability to turn the corner. Pollard's speed, explosion, and burst was very impressive to me. Right call similar situation. I like his burst through the hole. As you said, it's a, it's a matter of uh, him staying healthy. I was not overly uh, impressed with uh, the, the Notre Dame running back, Dexter Williams. To his credit, he was a guy who was an afterthought coming into the season by scouts who had not graded him. He now grades out as a uh, late-round pick. I have him as a sixth rounder I know some people think second or third round with Dexter Williams. Completely disagree. One player that uh, I did mention on the final day of practice who I was very impressed with was Alec Ingold of Wisconsin, another guy who entered the season without being graded by scouts. He's a terrific lead blocker. A throwback in the sense that he opens up the running lanes, but he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not going to run very fast during uh, combine or or pre-draft workouts. He's a guy who probably won't get on the 4-8, but I think he's a serviceable player at the next level. We'll talk about the tight ends and the receivers now. Well, first we'll talk about the tight ends. And I thought overall it was a solid group. You know, the, the senior class of tight ends is not good this year. The uh, draft class was really helped by the injection of underclassmen at the position. So you, you've got some limited players, but they showed well, starting with Drew Sample of Washington, 6'4 half, two hundred fifty 250 pounds, not a down-the-field type of guy, but someone who does everything well at the tight end position. He's a good blocker, caught the ball very well, and he was consistent catching the ball. We saw on Wednesday when he was able to beat uh, Adderley of Delaware, the safety down the field. It's really not going to do that too much at the next level, but the fact that he was able to compete, get separation, and catch the deep ball, I think that, that helps him a lot or improves his draft stock. His blocking, he's always been known as a good blocker, so I thought it was a terrific week for Drew Sample, as it was for Trevon Wesco of West Virginia. Similar situation, a little bit smaller, but a guy who really threw some devastating blocks throughout the week, really each day in practice. He was dominant in his blocking, also caught the ball very well. He's slightly faster than Sample. I don't think he's as consistent a blocker, but again, like Sample, I think Wesco could develop into a good number two uh, tight end at the next level. Dax Raymond uh, had his moments, especially as a pass catcher. Another guy I would expect him to run in the high four sevens during the combine, but a solid pass catcher. Obviously the talk coming into the week was about Donald Parham of Stetson, six eight and a half, 243 pounds, arms that were thirty-six and an eighth uh, long, thirty-six and an eighth inch long. Let's spit that out, Tony. And he showed flashes, he showed pass catching ability, but he's really undeveloped in every area of his game, especially his legs. I mean they were pencil thin. He's more of a loper who takes a while to get it going. He's gonna need a lot of work. Did not practice on Thursday because of an ankle injury. As of the time of this recording, there's still a chance he could play in the game. With Parm, I think you're looking at a practice squad prospect, someone that you're going to have to develop his game and his body over the next two years before he's ready to step on an NFL field. Yeah, Parm was a
0: very intriguing guy moving in, just simply because he's 6'8", and he is, a, is pretty athletic. But again, as you mentioned, long strides, takes a while to get going. Does have that built-up speed, though, but unless he's running up the seam catching passes 30 yards down the field... It's going to be very difficult for him to to make an impact on deep balls down the field to really show off his speed. Two guys you didn't mention, Josh Josh Oliver from San Jose State had a solid week, was kind of beat out on his own team by guys like Trevon Wesco, by guys like Dax Raymond. Those guys looked a little bit better than Josh Oliver. Decent athlete, decent pass catcher, decent blocker. Kind of guy that doesn't necessarily stand out in any one aspect of the game, but Can perform in a lot of different areas. Tommy Sweeney from Boston College, similar player, a little bit slower, a little bit less athletic, but good hands, solid blocker, another day three type of player that we're going to look at here at the tight end position, which, again, the Senior Bowl this year was full of the day three prospects. As you mentioned, the underclassmen are really going to carry this tight end class, which, as we've reported in the past, is really going to be in high demand considering the state of the position at the NFL level. Now we'll move on to the other pass catchers at the wide receiver position, and you have to start at the top with Debo Samuel. He was hands down the best wide receiver in attendance at the Senior Bowl. His acceleration, his quickness, his route running, his strength at the catch point, he really made an impression and really took every single corner that attempted to cover him and really took them to school, really showed them that he is the class of the skill position players here, not just the wide receivers, every single skill position. Debo Samuel was the number one guy. Now, a couple guys that did impress that weren't expected to, as we all knew that Debo Samuel was going to be the top guy, Penny Hart out of Georgia State. He's small. He's 5'8", 180, but he's extremely quick. His route breaks, it's very difficult to stay with him out of his stem. He's going to get open. Problem is, he has a very small cash radius. If you sail passes on him, which frankly, all of his quarterbacks did this week, he's going to have trouble catching them. He's going to have trouble reaching up over his head and making those plays. He was better than teammate Andy Isabella, however, who showed out on Tuesday, really good route runner, excellent breaks, excellent cuts, can string multiple cuts together and to get open. But unfortunately, his hands were an issue. He dropped several passes. He did measure in with small hands. I think he was about eight and a half hand size here. So that's a definite concern with Isabella. Uh, As is his deep speed, he was able to be used on reverses. He was used on screens. They tried to get the ball in his hands as an open field runner early in the week, but they went away from that later in the week and focused more on getting the ball to Penny Hart in the short field. Another guy who impressed, really impressed, was Terry McLaurin from Ohio State, a guy who's been buried on the Buckeyes' depth chart for much of his career behind higher caliber recruits and guys who were going to be drafted on the first two days. But McLaurin made his own case. To slide into the end of day two really good route runner subtle moves in and out of his routes to get open every single day of practice he was leading probably his entire team in catches he was producing every single quarterback seemed comfortable throwing him the ball he was able to get open at will against every corner there he was an extremely impressive player one more guy I want to touch on is Keelan Doss from Cal Davis he was a little quiet on Tuesday, but he made up for that Wednesday and Thursday. Very nuanced route runner, excellent technician, guy who can go up and get the ball, guy who really showed strength at the catch point, showed mostly the ability to run very good routes. He's not the fastest guy, but he found a way to get open and did a really
1: nice job in that aspect. Tony, who else did you see at the wide receiver position? Well, I agree. Debo Samuel was head and shoulders above everyone else here. He did not show that get up and go speed, that second burst, the ability to run to the deep throw. The uh, ability of Debo Samuel to slide into the late part of round one will be dictated by his 40 time at the combine and pre-draft workouts. If he can get in the very low 4-4s four or even dip into the 4-3s, he's got a chance to break into the top 32 selections. Otherwise, I think he's off the board within the first 12 picks of round two. I agree with you about about uh, Keelan Doss and Terry McLaurin. I also thought that the northern Colorado receiver, Alex we- Wesley, showed very well here not the fastest guy, but very consistent, built well. He's not a real tall guy, slightly under six foot tall, but he's got a nice build. Consistent hand catcher, shows some quickness into his routes, snatches the ball away from his frame. I liked his game. I liked Ty Brady's game. Brady is probably a number four receiver at the next level, also a pump returner, another guy with a good build, better than average speed, and someone who showed well throughout the week. As far as the disappointments, you've got to start with Jalen Smith. He did rebound well on Thursday, but Tuesday and Wednesday were just terrible outings for him, which was a continuation of a terrible senior season. David Sills didn't have a terrible week, but he didn't come here and show what he needed to show, and that was quickness off the line and any semblance of speed. He was not able to separate from defenders. He was able to win out for the contested pass, which he did in college. He was able to win out in the red zone, which he did in college, but he needed to show the ability to separate, and he did not. Hunter Renfro... Reliable Hunter Renfro, who seems to have been on the college or seems to have played for Clemson the past 12 years because he's always been around. He was up and down as far as his next level ability. Jimmy Moreland basically shut him down. Jimmy Moreland of James Madison, who uh, was great in the Shrine game, came here, had three good days of practice at the Senior Bowl, shut down Hunter Renfro on the, on the final day. Jacoby Myers, one of my favorite uh, receivers. I was very disappointed in him. Very inconsistent. Good size, six one and a half, 196 pounds. He probably is going to run in the four fours. Just didn't catch the passes. Didn't look natural catching the ball. Dropped a lot of passes. Ran some average routes. Didn't went out in battles. I had Jacoby Myers as, as a potential second day pick, second or third rounder. I'm going to have to drop him to the fourth or fifth round after what I saw uh, this week. We'll move on to the offensive line. You look at the centers. Hands down, the top two centers this week were Elton Jenkins. Of Mississippi State who also played some guard and Eric McCoy of Texas A&M. Jenkins was absolutely dominant. He buried opponents. He blocked with a nasty attitude. He showed strength. He showed power. He showed a good amount of quickness. McCoy wasn't as powerful, but what McCoy did so well was he was able to block on the second level. He was able to get out and take linebackers out from the the action, which is why he's going to be a second-day pick. I thought Garrett Bradbury really struggled. He was a little bit better on Thursday, the final day of practice, but the first two days, he was getting run over by opponents, and he really had a tough time of it. As far as the guards are concerned, Michael Dieter of Wisconsin showed well. Nate Davis of Charlotte had his uh, moments. But really, in my opinion, the big winner at guard were, was Chris Lindstrom of Boston College. He was absolutely dominant. He teamed up with Dalton Risner, Reisner, who played right tackle, and by the end of the week, they were an impen- impenetrable force. Uh, and opponents couldn't get by him. Lindstrom is a nasty guy. He's more of a small area blocker. I was very impressed with him. Ben Powers had his moments when he was able to square up into uh, defenders and take them from the action. Both Ben Schwackel, I thought, uh, struggled. Drew Samaya of Oklahoma, I thought he struggled. You go to the tackle spot, Dalton Reisner, who has been all over draft boards. Some people like him as a uh, first-round selection. I think is a fifth or sixth-round pick. He started off the week... Really terribly. I mean, he was he was getting hammered during during Tuesday's practice, but he kind of he kind of uh, was able to figure it out by the end of the week. Spoke with some scouts who say they love his toughness, they love his aggressiveness, but they think he's a fifth round selection. They think he's got average size. Uh, and he's got average athleticism. The one thing we did not see from Reisner this week, although it wasn't his fault, was he solely played right tackle. I expected him to be kicked inside to guard at times, and maybe even center. We never saw that. He lined up solely at right tackle at six four and a half. I really would have liked to see if they had pushed him inside. Did have long arms at thirty four and a quarter inch arms, which is a good sign. Uh, Chikuma Edoga of uh, USC was spectacular at left tackle. He's a guy who had a uh, had a so-so uh, senior campaign, but he was great here. Great footwork off the edge, great lateral agility, covered a lot of area, shut down everyone in pass protection, no doubt about it. Played some right tackle, kind of struggled at run blo- uh, as a run blocker, but I think he opened some eyes with his uh, ability in pass protection. There are some questions about potential personality issues. I'll leave it at that which may cause some red flags uh, during the combine, but he definitely established himself here as someone on film that teams are going to like. Titus Howard, we spoke about him after the first practice on Tuesday. He was fantastic. Quick, athletic, moved very well, really handled Montez's sweat for most of the day and everyone that was thrown at him. Kind of seemed to tail off at the end, by the end of the week, but some of these guys are worn down. I thought Caleb McGarry was one guy who got better as the week went on. Solely played right tackle. He's dominant. He's strong. He was throwing the defenders to the ground, really blocks down well on him. Probably the biggest winner from the offensive tackle class would be Andre Dillard. Lined up primarily at left tackle, has the best footwork of any offensive lineman that was here, really some of the best footwork I've seen from any left tackle at the Senior Bowl, and I've been to every practice since 2000. He's quick off the edge, very fluid, very smooth, a great technician, bends his knees, stays square. Makes exceptional use of his hands Dillard's a guy who I graded as a third rounder coming into the week I think right now he's going to go off the board The top 12 selections of round two I wouldn't be surprised if he slides into the very late part of round one Finally, Dennis Daly of South Carolina struggled. He's a guy who I graded as a late third, early fourth rounder As did Scouts Really did not play with any knee bend, didn't show much athleticism, was constantly exploited throughout the week, and really finished off senior bowl practices on a bad note on Thursday.
0: And that's all we've got for you on the 34th episode of The Draft analyst presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show... Please support us by subscribing via Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the major podcast platforms. You can leave us a rating and a review, and you can also ask questions in your review for us to handle on the show. You can also tweet us at Chris Trapoti, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe Podcast to get in touch with the show as well. We'll be back with the show breaking down the defensive prospects that we saw, but for now, on behalf of Tony Pauline, this is Chris Trapoti, and we'll talk to you soon.